Hello and welcome to Life Changes You. Um, this week we've got a very special guest, Jerry Rapero, and uh, some of you might know him for his remixes that he did in the 90s, 2000s and 2010. Um, and he's done quite a few really great tracks. Is it? Uh, well, look, hello, Jerry. How are you? Hey, Dan. What's up? It's good to meet you and it's good to have you on. I'm so happy to be here, man. That's good. And you're in Bucharest, uh, Romania at the moment. Yeah, at the moment, yes, because I'm traveling a lot. So, yep. But right now I'm in Bucharest, yeah. Um, so you're a Spanish house music DJ? I'm a mixture of all. I'm actually, I am like a remix. You see, okay. so let me explain. <laughs> I was born in Belgium, yep. uh, raised in Spain. So I have a mother, a Belgian mother, a Spanish father, but actually my mom, her mom, so my grandmother is Armenian. Yep. So I have like a kind of, you know, very interesting blood and uh, mixture. I, I had a bit of a read on Wikipedia, and I don't know if that's always the right place to read things, but did you have a famous father as well? That's true. That's true. Yeah, uh, yeah he was very famous with a Spanish song. 1972. His name is Paco Paco, great, great artist. And actually, I also have a brother. He's also a music producer in Spain, amazing composer. Uh, we, we come from a uh, music family, actually. I know. And your grandfather was famous too, wasn't he? My grandfather was amazing. He was uh, an eminence in the jazz world in Belgium. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, wow. So, I, I, I come more from the jazz than more from the Spanish music. Uh, sorry for all my Spanish families and friends over there, but yeah, I feel more the jazz from the Belgium side. Right. And um, that's a lot of influences of that I have, of course, in the house music I produce. But, you know, when we talk about beats, then you need, I mean, you, you feel that Latin thing that I have inside me, of course. So that, that's a bit the mixture, yeah. And is your big track, is it called Corocao? Yeah, actually, in Portuguese, it says Coração, and Coração is heart. Right. Okay. So, you know, we are Latin and we always love to speak about our heart and our feelings and yeah. stuff like that. So, siempre mi corazón is like always in my heart. And, uh, but a lot of people don't know that actually my biggest track before that was with another name, with it was an AKA. So it was called Avantgarde. Right. Get Down. Right. And that was actually the, the, the big, big, big one. And uh, yeah, from there, I, I would say my, my career, my international, like professional uh, uh, music producer started with Avantgarde, Get Down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, Actually, I we were in the charts in, 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 I mean, we were very, very, very proud. I did it with some amazing people with DJ Maui and with Terry B. Terry B is a big, big, big singer in the, in the, the house world. Yeah. And um, we were based in Germany back then because I lived 22 years in Germany. Right. And uh, yeah, yeah, I speak Deutsch, you know, for the, the, <laughs> the people say like, yeah, speak German. <laughs> I must admit, when, um, when we started chatting over Instagram and then I got yeah. you and I started seeing all the people you'd remixed for and then I started grabbing my old CDs out and going, I used to dance to this in the clubs. Yeah, I'm sorry for that, brother. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it was amazing. It was like, wow, oh, okay, I know okay, all okay. these tracks. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually uh, uh, I have no clue about what I've done, what I've not done. I always tell this story. There was an asshole, a very good friend of mine. I say, asshole, 
in a very cute way. Uh, in Germany, we had that, that music store. You know, every DJ was coming there Friday afternoon to see which records were coming in yeah. and, and how many copies there were. Yeah. You know, or, you know, like a nest of bees there, bam, and trying to get the records. And then, and then the guy was always like playing a track and say, you like this one? Jira? I said, oh, that's a good one. I want to have it. So he was putting it in my bag. Yeah. Then later coming home and started listening again to the vinyls I bought. Then I was like, oh, fuck, but I did this. So I was calling him and saying, you, you're selling my own music. You say, yeah, if you, if, if you don't have a clue about what you're doing, you know, what well, then, boom, $10 there. Was, yeah, he made good money with <laughs> reselling my own tracks. <laughs> so what made you get into music? I mean, was it your background with your father and your grandfather? And Yeah, yeah, I would say yes. Look, with my, my dad, he was always bringing me with him to the recording studio when I was two, three, four years old. So I, I've seen recording studios my wow. whole life. Yeah. Um, of course, my, my grandfather, when he was doing, he had a very big band, you know, in, in Antwerp, in Belgium, yeah. very known big band playing in casinos and stuff like that. But really, wow, amazing jazz. And um, I always felt it. But always, I always have the percussion, so I was starting to, to play on my on my dad's drums and, and stuff. So yeah, I think that's the way I started. That's the way I started. Wow! In, I mean, the inspiration. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. Until until I started DJing. And and what and age then, were you when you started DJing? Oh, 15. 15, Wow. Yeah, fifteen. I'm an old bastard. Yeah, yeah, fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> I was fifteen years old. Actually, very funny. I was I was going to a bar in Malaga, and between eight and ten in the evening, before people was coming, and before the owner was coming as well. Yes. And then I had to get out because the owner was like, hey, "What the hell are you doing? They're gonna close my my bar because of you. You you know, underage and shit." And uh, one year later, I became the, the resident DJ of that bar and, and the owner became one of my best friends. I'm talking right. about 35 years ago. And I just talked to him like an hour ago when I was stuck in traffic yep. um, because we're still friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is, this is actually, to me, the most important, most amazing uh, thing that I can achieve to have a friendship that long. You know, yeah, I yeah, appreciate yeah. I appreciate that so much. Yeah. Well, yeah, Friendship I mean, look, those friendships are what keep you going as well, aren't they? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Actually, very funny. He's about to open a new bar in Malaga after yeah. the whole COVID shit and blah, blah, blah. So he's going to open a bar and it's going to be called the same name like back then, Donde. Donde in Spanish is where. I love the, the, the name because people were saying, where are we going? Yeah, Donde. Like where? But yeah, they were yeah. already saying, where to go? And he's going to open it, and I'm going to go play the opening wow. of the bar. Yep. Yeah. When do you think that you really felt like you were a DJ that everybody knew? Look, to me, it was never important that they know me. I always say I made music, and it's not my fault that my music got famous. Okay? Yeah. I, I never aimed to be famous. Now, I am a challenge, uh, challenge guy. Very important. I'm a challenge guy. So I said, well, if I'm going to DJ and this is what I'm going to dedicate my life to, yep. I want to be big everywhere, not just in a couple of bars around the corner, yep. you know, but not because I wanted to be famous, but just to see if me, myself, with this head and those two hands uh, would be capable to reach that level that I was reading back then in the DMC uh, uh, magazines. Yeah. So I said, okay, if I do this, I do it big. And actually, I, I always thought like that in everything, like an entrepreneur, like a therapist, whatever. If I do things, I do them big. So that's how I started teaching. But 
And I guess like my, my other fellow DJs also say, when I was playing a track, I said, I want to do this. Yeah. I want to, that, that's what I want to do, to play music that I do, but as qualitative like this one. So I started producing, yeah. you know, with a little shitty Atari and putting the flub, floppies inside. Then one floppy was not working. Then you lost the whole track. And I mean, we've been all through that. And a little sampler and blah, blah. So I said, okay, well, this, if I'm going to do this professionally, I have to make at least one song that everybody knows around the world. Yeah. Because otherwise, why bother? Right? And I achieved it like three, four, five times, I think. I don't know. But I'm, I am very proud of that I made it. Yeah. Not that I got famous. The, the got famous, I don't really don't care about that. Yeah. You know, just I'm yeah. proud of that I did this. And now with the, the next things that I do, I always want to reach that same goal now. Yeah, yeah. Um, to me, the, the ultimate goal is really not that important either. Because when people ask me about Corazao, let's say, then I always automatically uh, uh, tell the story on how we made Corazao. Uh, the Brazilian guy was singing, we forgot to turn on the mic and she had to sing again and bullshit like that, you know, but we never remembered the, oh yeah, it was a, true, it was a hit. And with charts, well, I don't know which chart it was, I have no clue, because we always remembered the fun that we had doing stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. even if it's a hit or not. Yeah. People think I'm a hit machine, which I'm definitely not, because people know, get down in this timeline and Corazao here, but they don't know that I made like a, another 100 records that nobody wanted to listen to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the important, challenge, isn't yeah. it? That's important yeah. too, to, to realize because a lot of people nowadays just presume that they're going to go from A to B and then they're going to be famous. And there's a lot of stuff that goes wrong in between. No way. This is a hard job, ladies and gentlemen. What do you think? You know, they, they of course, they look at YouTube. And they see like 30 seconds, one minute, three minutes, half an hour, Jero Pero playing there, all the ladies and blah, blah, blah. Well, but that's what you see, yeah. you know? But now, the, the behind the scenes is fucked up because people say, yeah, but you're always surrounded by ladies. And I'm like, where? <laughs> I'm working, doing music. I don't see any of them, you know? And so it's really a, a, a big cliche what the people think. So, all ladies, no, I don't have a lot of ladies here around, not even around, under the table, in the bed, whatever. I'm working yeah. for you to dance. <laughs> well, look, I mean, playing that song yesterday just brought so many memories back. And I, I sent it to a few friends and said, do you remember this track? And they said, look, I actually didn't know that it was by Jerry, but I remember this track. It was just huge. I used to love dancing to it. And over here in Australia, we have... um. Uh, like uh, festivals that are right near the beach and, and you would hear it pumping wow. out at those things, you know, in the summer, which was just amazing. Wow. Makes me proud. That's a compliment. You see? I don't Thank know. You so it's much. really good. And, and look, I just, I loved looking back through all the things that you'd mixed and I was like, yeah, I've got that one. I've got that one. And, and when I was younger and I was in the club scene, people would always come up to me and say, what's this song that's playing? Because I had so many CDs, I could usually tell them what it was. So let, let, let's be clear here to the people who's watching and, and listening. We, Dan and me, we didn't prepare this. So the compliments oh. were right, and I didn't pay for them. I'll pay <laughs> later, but I didn't, okay? He surprised me. <laughs> Who do you think one of the favorites were that you remixed? Who would be one, one of the favorite artists that you remixed and thought this is really good? 
it is always a tricky question because every remix I do, I put everything that I can and that I have. Yeah. Of course, there are some remixes where you say, hmm. I mean, more than, than talking about which one I like the most, I can tell you without saying any names, which one I didn't like. Because sometimes they really send me something and say, you can make such a remix out of it. Say, so, yeah, but your original is like unmixable. You know? <laughs> the vocals are shit. The bass line is something else. I have no clue. I can make a dub version for you. Say, what do you mean with a dub version? Well, I just don't use anything of your original. I make a track and we call it like a dub version, you know? And then they start laughing. So those challenges are very hard. But then when you really remix something which is unremixable, yeah. and then it sounds well and it pumps, that's cool. That's the challenge again, what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People I like to remix, I don't really remember a lot because I'm also not the youngest one, um, but still look good. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, did, I did Britney oh, back did then. I did, uh, I, well, I did remix Britney. Yep. Other people will understand it in the wrong way. Uh, I remixed Michael Jackson. Um, I uh, what later I, I did for everybody. I think for Geta, for, for Roger Sanchez also. Roger, if you're watching, I don't remember. Probably I did or I didn't. But, oh, yeah, yeah, Axwell and, and, and uh, the Swedish House Mafia also. Was Not Was, that was a nice remix. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was a great track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I had fun, I had fun, yeah. I, had fun. I don't remember more. It's really good to hear. And it's, it's great because, you know, I mean, I've seen lots of DJs play and, you know, I think – uh, back in the early days when DJs started, it wasn't such a almost godlike experience, was it? But as time went on, you'd go to these huge warehouse parties where, I don't know, 10, 20, 30,000 people, and you could see the DJ, but he was like the size of an ant because you were so far back. But you just didn't yes. care because the music just took over. People have to understand something. We are prostitutes, okay? We are being paid to make you have fun. Yeah. That's how it works. Now, some prostitutes like their job, some like it a little bit less, right? <laughs> so sometimes I like to play, like you say, in a warehouse, a festival, or something like Tomorrowland. I turned Tomorrowland down uh, a couple of times or three times, I think, because I consider myself a club DJ. Okay, yeah. I need to have the people around me. I, I even yeah, yeah. like those people annoying me, okay? Yeah, yeah. Because if they come to annoy me, like, oh, can you? put for instance Britney and, and you're really pumping house and it's like Britney right okay well uh, I'm gonna do my best <laughs> 10 minutes later why didn't you play Britney you know and then you say okay you know what fuck it I'm gonna put Britney and that person left already yeah yeah so those kind of experiences are very funny but in a in a kind of Tomorrowland where you really like I don't know you see the DJ like this I wouldn't be playing for the crowd because you have your own sound system. That's for sure. So yeah, it's yeah. like you playing here and the crowd is over there. Like, I don't know. And me, I don't see very well. So I have to use the glasses. So I see if somebody's dancing or not. And I think this is not a nice experience for me as DJ. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, both experiences are good. I mean, from my point of view, I've been to, I actually remember seeing BT at a festival here called Two Tribes and he was dancing behind okay. the DJ and we were probably only about 15 from the front. So it was a smallish venue, but then he knocked uh -huh. something and all the power went out 
And we just thought that was amazing because we thought, oh, my God, this is what he planned to do. And then he plugs it back in and goes, oh, shit, sorry, the power went out. <laughs> I had those experiences as well. I even started singing one time um, on top of the decks and, you know, no, no light, no nothing, just the whole power went away. And, um, yeah, they thought, wow, that, that's part of his show. It's really amazing. The guy puts all the lights off and they start singing, and I can't sing. So... <laughs> I sing so badly, you cannot imagine how badly I sing. So uh, even my manager, where's my manager actually? My manager, I need to introduce you to my manager in a bit. Um, he would sing better. He's a dog. Right, my okay. And uh, everybody knows him like my manager because that's how I presented him yep. on social media. So yeah, I did those kind of crazy stuff too because sometimes, or, or it just starts raining like hell, you know, like if you're going through a car wash and then you don't see anything at all and you know it's going to explode in the next three seconds. But it's fun. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. And I have stories to tell, so that, that that's cool. And I am a storyteller, so. Yeah, yeah, no, you are. It's really good. So you moved into uh, doing NLP, neuro-linguistic programming and psychotherapy. What made you switch from, well, I mean, you are still doing DJ remixes and stuff, but what made you pick yeah. that up? Well, um, well, it looked like everybody, almost everybody, but but I I admit I did drugs, I was drinking and, and well, DJ life uh, really... Uh, how do you say, um, really enjoying that life because I, I, I knew it was going to be like, you know, a, situ- a, a timeline yeah, yeah. with a beginning and an end. So I really took advantage of everything in a good way. But then I, I had those depressions and I remember I had those depressions already when I was a kid, when I was seven years old, I remember perfectly. I was starting to cry just, you know, out of the blue, feeling very sad, worthless, um anxiousness you know yeah and uh but that really didn't you know oh yeah no wait my mom took me back then to a to some some kind of doctor not even a doctor i think it was a little bit of holistic thing back then i'm talking about what 40 like a naturopath yes yeah let's let's put it that way yeah and um he said it was a liver failure that I had. And he would give me, you know, like a bottle with a bunch of plants and stuff. And, you know, and yeah, it, it, I was feeling better. So he was saying that the liver was recovering. Right. You know, we didn't have the technology like we have, um, we have nowadays. But it was not true. This plant extract mixture was against the bipolar and against, for example, also other disorders or epilepsy, etc. And yep. the meds that we have nowadays actually come from that moment, okay, you know, yeah, so yeah. The, the evolution of medicine. Yeah. And when I was, I don't remember, but it's 15 years ago now. Uh, I was living in Hamburg. Yeah. And I said, okay, well, now this is enough. I'm going to die. This is, I can't cope with, with what I'm doing anymore because those depressions are really, really strong. And then all of a sudden, after three, four weeks, I was feeling extremely well. Um, and an amazing psychiatrist uh, told me, yes, you're bipolar. But not like nowadays everybody is labeling with bipolarity. Please don't make that mistake, ladies and gentlemen, listening and watching. Bipolar, to diagnose bipolar is one of the most difficult of all the disorders. So it's also physical uh, checkup and psychological. Um, 
uh, so so I really was diagnosed. The guy told me, "Look, I can help you on medication." But yeah, Jerry, you know, your lifestyle, your DJ, you know, I follow you, of course, and, you know, one one month, seven countries doing cocaine there, here, there, blah, blah, because at the end, you're doing because you're in such a big stress from being to be happy on every yeah. party you're playing, yeah. you know, so he said, look, I can't help you, that's it, yeah. I said, no, you will help me, so how, say, so I'm going to quit. Oh, I start laughing in my face, you know, the guy, <laughs> you know, how much people were sitting there telling me the same story. But I said, well, I don't know, but I'm Jerry, like really talking with him with big balls, you know. And um, I said, okay, well, you know what, big boy, come back in a month. Now I'm going to, to, to take the blood sample or the nurse will do. Yep. And you come back in a month and I'm going to take another blood sample. If you're clean, like you say, you're going to be, then I will trust you. We start the medication. So that's done. Deal done. 30 days later, I was sitting there. I said, here, it's my arm. They checked it. I was clean. Yep. And since then, I've never touched anything anymore. That's amazing. Nothing at all. And I went to medication. I am on medication, happily on medication. That's why I always say to people, if you think there is something wrong or something off, go to seek help. Yeah, yeah. Don't be ashamed. Why? If you break your foot, you go to the hospital. No, you're not gonna start uh, googling like how can I fix my foot at home. No, there's a worry. You gotta go to the hospital. The doctor will help you, and that's it. That's why they studied that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with mental health, it's exactly the same. You go, you get help, and you have a better life. That's it. It's it's very simple. They call me the the simplifier because I simplify life very much. <laughs> that's good. And and I don't care about what people say to me, about what people think about me. I just do my life and I don't take life serious at all. You know why? We're going to die anyway. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've seen on Instagram, but I, I put up quite often, um, normalize, don't stigmatize for mental health. Because I think- You have an amazing, an amazing Instagram profile with, with a lot of very useful information. I have to, to give you credit for that. Yes, Thank you I- very much. Yeah, yeah, I love look, it. I mean, I try hard to uh, come up with lots of positive stuff that I can keep churning out so that people, whenever they tune into it any time of the day or night, there'll be something new that they can see. And look, you know, not everything I put up will help everybody, but some of it helps people. Um, it does, it does. And that's why I do the podcast too, because I want to normalise mental health and talk about those issues like suicide, um, uh, cancer, uh, autism, and have normal people come on and tell about their experiences because when they talk awesome. about it, people listen. Right, right. So that's uh, my main you're, you're, you're guy, You're a very pleasant guy to listen to also, you know. So oh, that's very important. And you were actually asking me how did I become a therapist? Oh, yes, but, yes. Because oh, when I started the, 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 how do you say, the whole process with my psychiatrist, I was getting the medicine and therapy. This is very important. Medicine itself will help a little bit. Therapy itself could help a little bit. It is always hand in hand. Yes. Meds and therapy. That's very important. Yeah. So I felt literally in love with therapy because I was amazed what it can do in somebody's mind. Yeah. It's awesome. And the more and more and more I developed, like, uh, you know, a strong feeling to be wanting to be a therapist myself. Yeah. And why am I a therapist today and why I am 
sorry to say, successful as a therapist is because, first of all, I feel what the patient feels. Definitely. Because I'm going through myself. Yeah. So from that, you know, you're like on the same page, I and I. Yeah, yeah. And because I'm also a bipolar patient, people trust me more. I yeah. say, okay, but the guy knows what you're talking about because he's suffering it himself. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool, you know, that, that's really cool. And at the end of the day, uh, I, I get also a lot of uh, people who are suicidal. Yeah. And if there's somebody listening right now, watching, I'm going to give you the best tip. It's like, ask yourself one question. Now that you decided to commit suicide, would it be a difference for you to do it today or tomorrow? Then you start thinking. Yeah. I say, okay, well, yeah, honestly, I can kill myself now. I can kill myself tomorrow at the same time, you know? So that's a window that you open for them or for you guys listening that this where is a kind of, you know, checking out again the plan of the suicide and the why of the suicide. And then you will see that it's not that urgent to suicide because you still have a couple of very great things to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, you focus on those things and the suicidal part goes away. That's where a little bit of NLP comes in, neurolinguistic programming. And neurolinguistic programming is very, very effective. Why is it effective? How because does it work? The, it's so simple. Look, everything what we touch, what we smell, what we hear, what we see is always attached to a picture. Now, for instance, if I'm asking you, do you remember that day on the festival where the lights went off, that thing that you just explained? Me? Yeah, yeah. And then you will say, yeah, of course. Why? Because you are seeing now in front of your eyes, in front of your face, you see that yeah, picture. Definitely. And you are feeling again the same feeling like you had back then because you yeah. feel that joy or you feel that, I don't know, explosion. Okay, so the, the, the emotion is attached to a picture. And this is what happens in the subconscious. What is the subconscious? I'm going to tell you in a very, very simple way. Do you remember back then? Well, to the people from our age, and the younger are a little bit less, but the huge libraries that we had and we were going in, it was all made from wood, beautiful, it was silence. Then there was an old guy sitting there, you know, like almost like me, those kind of glass, you know, sitting there <laughs> and, you know, Quasimodo almost, you see a little bit of gray hair. And when the brain says to the little guy, um, the festival from Dan, and then he goes in the archive and takes that picture and puts it in front of you. That's his job. Also yeah. one of his job, job, right? Good. So then you are reactivating that feeling towards the picture. Yeah. With NLP, what we do is we go talk with the old guy yeah. and give him another instruction. Yeah. Like, for example, if you've been raped... So every time that you hear the word rave, you get that feeling from the moment you were raped. And you also see the picture from the raping process. Okay. So if I go to the old guy and say, look, anytime this person hears rape or reads about rape or whatever, 
the picture is going to come back, but please, can you give the other emotion a happy emotion? Yeah. Sounds very crazy. Why? Because when I finish with you a therapy of NLP, which is not longer than 15 minutes, then I ask you, Dan, what about the rape? And then you will feel completely different. You remember the picture, yeah. but I told the guy to give you another feeling. Yeah. And then you cope with it fantastically because every time you hear rape or you hear read about rape or you hear about rape or whatever, that feeling from the rape emotion is not there anymore because mm-hmm. we just interchanged it. We exchanged it with a happier feeling and it's yeah. so fantastic and it stays anchored for always. Right. Beautiful. It's really beautiful. If there's somebody listening to this podcast or watching us and they want to call us, we could do one day in a, a, a three Zoom and I will do NLP with that person who needs it, a traumatic person, and we can see that how it works. And this will not be scripted. This will be really for real. Yeah. Right? I'm open to do that on your podcast. It'd be great because I'd get Let's to actually it. how it works as well. Yeah. Because it, it, it's good how you've just described it. Like, I never knew what it was about. But to actually see it happening would be phenomenal. Sure. Yeah. Sure. It's also good for phobia. You know, I don't know, flying phobia, uh, spider phobia, whatever kind of phobia. Because you, you have to understand that we all see our own reality and our own perspective. Yeah. But I work a lot with my, my, with my patients because I say patient. You know why? I'm not even allowed to say patient because we're trained psychotherapists. Yeah. So we have to say client. Now, it is, I always say, it sounds funny, but it's true. I don't like to, to, to use the word client because I'm not a prostitute. Yeah. I don't like to say, oh, you have four clients and tomorrow three clients. No, I think it's on shit. So I say patient. Yeah. I'm sorry for the political correctness, but I say patient because I love them, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love them. Yeah. So so that's that's what I do nowadays, primary. Yeah. And when I have a patient coming to me completely fucked up, like they don't see anything anymore in life and you know, they they lost as hell. And after one hour, one and a half hour talking with them, they go with a smile. Yeah. Well, that satisfaction. It's like 150 million times more than receiving a golden or platinum record. I can assure you it's true. It's amazing. It's yeah, really yeah. amazing. And look, it's just such a good transition what you've gone from, through uh, from going to music to NLP, psychotherapy. Um, and in, in some ways it makes sense because some of your music has got that really good meditative beat to it. So yes. in, other, in other ways, you've just transitioned into what you were already doing with your music, the trancey yes. sound, meditation, um, and now you're actually helping people reprogram themselves. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And it's all based on perspective. Yeah. So you have always two options. I, like, I told you, I'm a simplifier. You have two options. Okay, so if I have option one, it's going to sound crazy again. Option one, listening to somebody who's giving me negative information, complaining how bad the world is, we're going to die and, and the, the virus and blah, blah. One hour, your head is fucked up. Yep. After that one hour, your day probably is fucked up too because you have so much negative shit in your head. 
by listening to that person. Yep. And I assure you, at night, you're going to sleep like hell. Yeah. This is option one. I'll give you option two. With an amazing woman that you really like, one hour, full sex, amazing, doing everything what you like to do in bed, you're going to feel amazing. Yeah. After that one hour of amazing sex or making love, depending with who, then the whole day is going to be like, you You know, you're flying and walking and you feel so good, you know. <laughs> and in the evening, you're going to sleep like a baby. Yep. So if I have those two options, which option do you think I'm going to choose? Of course, option number two. Yeah. So if we apply this on everything what happens in our life, it gets simplified and way more funny. Yeah. Because I think we forgot to, you know, one thing is the common sense. We should reactivate it. And secondly, the factor of fun must be there always. Yeah. Otherwise, just don't do it. Fuck off. Fuck it. I don't care. You know, yeah. it's the same like me. When, when people say, why are you always happy? Even though you are bipolar. Because in the morning I wake up and I start doing the things that I like yeah. only. Yeah. Not the things that I don't like. Yeah, it's very very simple. Okay, people will say, "Yeah, but I have to go to work and blah blah blah." Yeah, you have to go to work, but then change perspective. You say, "I'm gonna go do that work because it's gonna give me some money, and then the rest of the time I'm gonna be with my kids or with my buddies or whatever." So it's focus on that moment. Yeah, and then the bad moments to go to school or to work will be very short. Go bam like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You depend on if you want to be happy or not, bro. That, that it's very easy yeah, for yeah. the brain. Chemically, for the brain, it's the same process to be sad or to be happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a choice, isn't it? Not, I mean, oh, it's yeah. not a choice oh, for yeah. everybody, I guess, those who have really bad depression. But for... It is still a choice. Is it? Yeah, of course, because, look, the word depression is too mainstream. When people come to me and say, I'm depressed. Okay, why? Because I have to pay this, because I have to do that, because blah, 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 blah. I say, no, but you see, you're not depressed. So what am I? You're just tired. Yeah. You're just tired of so much shit in your life. Yeah. That's not being depressed. Depressed is when it's based on, on a, an event. My dad died. Yeah. You're depressed. Okay. A little bit. One month, three months, six months. But you get out. Of it. Yeah. Then you have the depression like we have people with mental health problems. The depression is caused by a chemical imbalance. Okay. That's a little bit more difficult. But as soon as you embrace it, you say, okay, I have it. And you don't label your life with it. Yeah. You just say, okay, I'm Jerry, but I also have bipolar. I'm not saying I'm bipolar. And uh, by the way, I do music too. So it's always the choice that you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're changing the narrative, choice. isn't it? Of course, completely. Look, if you, <laughs> this, is, this is a good uh, metaphor. You look, you, you put a horror movie, okay, on TV and as soon as you turn the volume down or off, and you see, uh, you see only the, the creeper like moving, and you know, but you don't hear those strings. Yeah. And now, watching this with the volume off, you put some funny house music on it, and you watch the horror movie with the house music. You're not scared anymore. Yeah. You're not disgusted anymore. Yeah. We changed the narrative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so simple, man. Wow, yeah. life is so beautiful. Yeah. And we are always like preparing ourselves and preparing ourselves. And for what? When you completely, fully prepared, you're 89, you die. So 
we have to do the things now. It's funny. I always say the same. Look, life is a club. Well, now that I'm in the club, well, I'm going to dance. No, yeah. I'm going to let dance sit down. But I'm going to dance now that I'm here. Why not? <laughs> yeah. And you know, the good news of everything, at the end, we're going to die anyway. So let's have fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a good, it's a good outlook. So where do you see yourself in five, ten years' time? Did well, I see online that you're re-releasing um, Korakeo, Korako? Corazón. Yeah. Say it one more time. Corazón. That Corazón. 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 Yes, you got it. You got it. That's right. Uh, yes, we just re-released it now. And uh, we, we gave it another touch, more Brazilian. We put some other vocalists singing in it. And um, it looks like it's working very well. Good. Well, I want people to listen to my stuff and be happy. That's it. Yeah. I don't care about the rest. You know, my main in everything. And when I'm DJing, when I'm making music, when I, I'm working with my teams in different things as an entrepreneur, I want my teams to be happy because then they're motivated, you know, then they're going to do a good job and they have fun working with me. And the same as therapists. It's very easy. Yeah. People have to come back to me because they have fun with me. Another therapist likes sitting, you know, and explaining all the problems that you have and let's see if you get through that. Now it's like, first of all, forget all the problems and tell me how you are doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. So you're looking at the whole person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I check the cause and I want to fix the cause. I don't want to fix the symptom. Yeah. Symptom is just something that is alarming you from a... You forgot to fix the cause. That's why I have symptoms. Yeah, yeah. So I go back with them and say, okay, sorry, so what's the problem? Or what do you think is the problem? And they always answer you the same. Oh, I have so many. That's not true. You just have one. And I don't call them problems because when you say problem, you call it problem because you don't understand it. If you would understand, it wouldn't be a problem, first of yeah. all. Secondly, if you say it's a problem, the brain reacts already in a negative way because yeah. we are wired that the word problem means a lot of troubles. Yeah. But if you call it a situation, yeah. then the brain reacts completely different. They're more relaxed. Yeah. I always give the same example, Dan, is we have to learn to speak more positively with each other also because the brain, here's what comes out of the mouth. Yeah. So if you say we're wired like that since we're kids, this is bad, this is good. So when you say, oh, that's good, then the brain stays in a uh, you know, relaxed mode. Yeah. It's cool. But when the brain hears that's bad, oh, offensive, defensive, let's go, soldiers, uh, because there's going to be a war here. Let's be prepared. So then you're stressed. Yeah, you yeah, feel yeah. bad. You're going to take wrong decisions. You're going to say wrong things, etc. In order to avoid that, it's a very simple trick. You say, that's good. And that's less good. <laughs> yeah. Super simple. So the brain stays in that relaxed mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also that we tend to hang on to more negative thoughts, don't we, than the positive ones. Like if someone says something positive to you and then you get three negative comments, you're going to hang on to those before you think, oh, but I had a positive comment there. You know why? Because sometimes living in misery makes people happy. Because they're afraid of changes. Yeah. And it's the victim mentality, isn't it? Of course. They victimize themselves real quick. But that's also because we are very judgmental. Yeah. And we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. 
Yeah. Like if somebody comes to me and says, Jerry, you're an asshole, then I'm super happy because the guy has the balls, first of all, to come to me and tell he's true in my face. Yeah. So I have to respect him for that, first of all, and thank him, actually. Now, that's his opinion. Yeah. And look, we are all free people on this beautiful planet. So he's entitled to say to me, I'm an asshole. Because he's saying he's through his opinion to me. Yeah. Now, as I'm also a free guy, I am entitled to share that opinion or not to share that opinion. Yeah. If you look at it from that position, you don't get stressed or it's very difficult that people hurt you again. Yeah. Because it's okay. They can say whatever they want. Well, I can also accept whatever I want. I just accept what makes me feeling good. It's a matter of perspective. Yeah. Brother, believe me, it's so easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so easy. And to everybody listening to these amazing podcasts and watching us, I have to say also the word compliments. Compliments is such a big power. You know, if you say, hey, bro, you look really, really good today, man. Wow, where did you buy that shirt? Oh, there, well, it, you know, you look very well with that. That guy is going to go to work with a lot of power and do good things yeah. because they said he's looking good, yeah. you know. So, and it doesn't cost money. It's, it's for free. Yeah. You know, if you see a beautiful woman say, you look very good today, you know, this lady is going to feel, oh, you know, nice, blah, blah, blah. And she's going to have a better day. You can really change with a couple of beautiful compliments the day uh, of that person. Yeah. It's like, you know, when we say, oh, you made my day. Well, do it. A compliment is nothing. It comes out like that. And the other person, you make somebody happy. And it also makes you feel good too. Of course. It's always vice versa. Because when I give a one-hour therapy to somebody, to me, it's also good because it's like I'm giving a therapy to myself. Yeah. Yeah. It's always a win-win situation. Yeah. And you learn so much as well, don't you, from that person? Of course. Of course. Look, first of all, failure is feedback. That's rule number one. Rule number two, it's the same like in marketing. Listen to your customers. Yeah. They will tell you what they want. And then you can give it to them. Yeah. It's very easy. Because if somebody comes to me and says, well, I hate my job and I hate my wife and I blah, 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 blah. Well, okay, well. That's okay. That's fine. You are allowed to do that. Now yeah, I'm yeah, going yeah. to give you another option. Yep. What yeah. if you do that? Now there is another very powerful word called so with a sign, you know, so. So people say, yeah, but you're uh, ugly, you're bad work. Then instead of sucking all that information, you say to yourself like, so? <laughs> and then, boom, it vanishes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, but you can also say, okay, well, fuck it. Look, you cannot be good for everybody. You cannot be handsome for everybody. You, I mean, if you're going to start wasting your time on why am I not handsome for everybody, bro, you're not going to have sex. You're not going to have a girlfriend. You're not going to have a good time. You're not going to have fun. You're going to die. Yeah. And is it worth it? No. Come on. Let's have fun. What's happening with the kids nowadays at school? Why don't they like mathematics, for example? Because there's no more fun factor. Yeah. There's no more fun factor. That's the problem. If, if, if it's not funny, but for us as well, if we read a book which is not funny, 
fuck, you're going to forget everything at the same time that you're reading. Yeah. And you're going to read it just because you want to end it and say, okay, I will never watch this or never read this book again. I'm a very, very avid admirer of uh, Richard Bandler. He invented NLP together yeah. with a partner, but Richard Bandler is really the one who, you know, who really developed everything. But you have to listen to all the, the videos that you see on YouTube. You have to really listen to him because the guy is a very fun guy. Yep. He really doesn't give a shit about anything. And when you have that, 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 that mastermind of saying, I really don't care, then life becomes really fun. Well, yeah, because then you're not holding on to anything, are you? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Somebody said that I'm an asshole. Right? So? It's okay, man. Why not? He's entitled to. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm not, I'm not here on the planet to come and educate everybody. Say, Yo, look, I just came to the planet, and none of you guys, motherfuckers, are going to say that I'm an asshole, right? <laughs> no, but that's not, that, that's not my, my mission here. That's not why I'm here. Yeah. See? And all the people say, oh, we have to change the world and we have to stay united. No, 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 no. You want to change the world? Just go to your neighbor's house, talk, talk, talk. Hey, neighbor, how are you doing, man? How are you feeling today? Can I do something for you? Can I do the groceries for you? So that guy is going to be happy. Yeah. You change one person. If everybody on the planet does that, we're changing everybody. Yeah, look, I always say if we can change, one, well, in the job I do, I, I think if I can change one small thing in that person that's positive, then that can change their whole life. You got it. Yeah. That's the point. That's the point. Perfectly said. And that's what we should do. Even when, when listening, uh, if people is listening who are bipolar, borderline, whatever kind of mental health, guys, you're not crazy. You know, you still have the power to help somebody, even though you are in the worst crisis, maybe that worst crisis and you talk to somebody, that person is going to learn something from your worst crisis and it's going to be good for him for his life. Yeah, so yeah. you're really giving him the amazing gift. Yeah. 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 Helping people. Why not helping people? Come on. We're here. Black, white, Chinese. I don't know why. Who cares? We're people. And that's it. Simplify. Simplify your life the whole time. Simplify your life. I think we might leave it there, but it was absolutely brilliant speaking <laughs> to you. You've got such a great outlook on life. Thanks, my man. And, um, yeah, look, um, I hope we do catch up again and we do that NLP Please. session and we'll record it and yes. we'll see how things go. Yes, let's do that. So if there is somebody who has a – I'm talking to the – to our crowds from today. If there's somebody with a really big trauma who wants to talk about that and has heard about NLP, so call Dan or write Dan or whatever, and you have to follow him on, on, on Instagram. It's really great. I will put a story so you guys also can see where you have to go to, to Dan's uh, profile and then write him and say, look, I'd be very happy to, to join you guys, and then we do it. All right, beautiful. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. thank you so much for your time. It was really My pleasure speaking to you. And as I said, you know, I remember dancing to your music back in the day and <laughs> I'm going to go and have a look for the new remix now and see how it is. No, I'm, I'm going to send it to you right away. Right. right away. By the way, if you want, guys, this is a little bit of advertisement I'm going to do for sure. Go to my profile, Instagram, Jero Ropero Official. 
go to the link tree. You can listen to the new Corazon. You can book a meeting with, with me if you want to talk a little bit with me. And you will find more information about myself. And I hope it's going to help you. Yeah, and there's Thank loads you, of information there, isn't there? I, I went through all your video clips on there the other day. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. All right. So nice. thank you very much. Dan, I'm the one who's thanking, thanking everybody listening and watching. And uh, I think this is a great beginning of something. Oh, I'm sure it is. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Well, that was another episode of Life Changes You. If you want to contact us, we're available on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we also have a website, lifechangesyou.com.au. So until next time, take care of each other, and thanks for listening. <laughs>